I am no psychologist. I've studied psychology in seminary. That's part of priestly formation. But it never ceases to fascinate me how the human mind can be changed or how we can be conditioned to think a certain way, to react in a certain way, even physically, when we see something different, hear something different, when something around us changes even just a little bit. Of course, that's always the case on this Gaudete or Rejoice Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent, also the fourth Sunday of Lent, where if all the walks in looking like Pepto-Bismol, there's a different color of the Advent candle that's lit. Things are different just a little bit. We see this pink or this rose as opposed to the normal purple of Advent, and it signals something in us, much like you would look at a traffic light. And when it turns to yellow, it signals something's about to change. Something different is about to happen. And there's choices that we have to make when those different opportunities are presented. For example, most of us, if you're anything like me, when you see that yellow light change when you're driving, your first instinct is what? Floor it. Go. Don't miss this light. That's not a good thing. I'm not advocating. Please slow down and stop. Because you can make one decision or another. Either you can floor it and just plow right on through the intersection, hoping for the best. And sure, you might get to your destination just a little bit quicker, but at the expense of what? It wasn't too long ago I was trying to make my way through campus and I made the mistake of going through campus down Highland in the middle of a semester. And of course I get stopped at every single red light along the way. And I realized that when we take the time when we're driving to just stop and wait and be patient, when we're letting that virtue of patience be cultivated within us, we get to notice new things. You get to stop for a second, take in your surroundings, especially because the lights here for some reason take seven and a half years to change. You notice your surroundings a little bit more. You enter into the present moment a little bit more. I notice new buildings I've never seen before, even driving through campus for a year and a half. I recognize, wow, all these people walking around, I'm responsible for their souls as the pastor here. That's daunting. You notice new things when you choose to stop, to pause, to take a deep breath, and to recognize what's going on around you. The church offers us that opportunity today. Yes, this is one of the strange years where Christmas falls on a Monday, so we get three weeks of Advent, not four. Four Sundays, but half of next Sunday is going to be Christmas Eve, so you know. But this is an opportunity to pause and to recognize where we've been, where we are now, and where we're going. We hear this kind of strange gospel from St. John this morning, St. John the Evangelist, talking about the other John, St. John the Baptist. And John the Baptist knew who he was. Are you the Christ? No. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? Nope. He knew whose he was, and he knew who he was. His message was simple. I am preparing you for something greater, something bigger. I'm preparing you for somebody who's coming after me that is already here and you don't even recognize him. I'm preparing you, so stop and listen to what I'm saying. Watch what I'm doing. We hear all these different things in the church turns just a little bit from this focus of penitence throughout the Advent season and preparation and anticipation to this joy, this rejoice, gaudete, in the past 20 or so minutes since Mass began, you heard that word, whether you recognize it or not, you heard that word rejoice 10 times in the antiphon before we even walked in and started Mass, in the opening prayer, the readings, the responsorial psalm, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. What does that actually mean, though? What is joy? Joy comes only from the Lord. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's a 
something that is a supernatural response to a supernatural gift, joy actually is caused by love. We can't just fabricate it. We can't make it up. I don't just really, really try hard one day and then now I'm a joyful person. We can fabricate happiness. I can go eat whatever I want, buy myself whatever I want, do whatever I want and make myself happy, but that is temporary and it's fleeting, but joy endures. Even in suffering and challenge, joy is still there because joy cannot just be made up. It's a response to the love that we encounter. And love cannot be made up. We hear St. Paul say in the first reading today, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice always. Yes, life is going to be difficult sometimes. Rejoice anyway. We're going to face illness and death, unfortunately. Rejoice anyway. Life will be full of successes and achievements and moments of great happiness. Rejoice for sure in those moments. Rejoice always, he says. And how do we preserve that joy? We have to allow ourselves to experience the love of God Almighty. We don't just have to figure out what that means. It's not just some nice and fluffy language. St. Paul is clear. He says, pray always, pray unceasingly, meaning in everything that you do, turn to the Lord. It doesn't mean you have to stay in mass 24-7. It doesn't mean that you have to limit your prayer time just when you're able to go to the adoration chapel. I hope you don't do that. It doesn't mean that you just have to turn to the Lord when you're desperate or sorrowful or need something. It doesn't mean you only have to turn to him when you need to thank him for something. Turn to the Lord always, he says, always. And what that demands is that we look at the yellow light, if you will, look at the rose vestments, pause, and look at our surroundings. Where have we been these past two weeks of Advent? Where have I been in my prayer? What have the scriptures been saying to me? If you find yourself hearing that question and thinking, I don't know because I haven't really been present, it's okay, it's not too late. The gospel will always be the gospel. The gospel will always be proclaimed and it will always be for you to hear. Ask that question, where am I? Where am I going? What am I in a rush for? Yes, we're still preparing and we're still anticipating, but we focus on this gift of joy today because we need to allow the Lord into our hearts to experience that love. Pray always, St. Paul says. Turn to him constantly. And then he follows that statement up with something else. Give thanks to God. Be gracious. Let yourself experience gratitude. Because nothing that we have, brothers and sisters, nothing that we have is from us. Everything is a free gift that the Lord offers us because he loves us. And the more we allow ourselves to recognize that and to accept it and to let our hearts be brought to this place of gratitude, the more we're able to see the Lord's presence in our lives and the more we start to experience that love because he owes us nothing and we owe him everything and he will never lord that over us. Remember that time I answered your prayer and let you do well on that test? Remember that time I answered your prayer and gave you the perfect spouse, the perfect children, the perfect family? Some of you might be rolling your eyes when I say that. But remember when I answered your prayers, don't you think you dem- I can demand this of you? The Lord will never say that. He does ask things of us. He does invite us into this reciprocation of receiving his love and offering our love back to him. That is what cultivates joy in our hearts because that is the truth of who we are, his people. Joy changes us. Gratitude changes us. Turning to the Lord clearly in every way, shape, and form changes us. 
Just joy is a supernatural response to a supernatural gift that we can never fabricate here on earth. And yet that's what we're called to do today. Open ourselves in a new way to the Lord, to turn to him in a new way. Maybe there's something in the back of your mind or on your heart that's been nagging and nagging and nagging and you don't know what to do with it, maybe you've ignored it. I don't care what it is, bring it to the altar today. When you have that time of singing the hymn and preparing for the offertory, the servers bring up the chalice and everything is brought to the altar, that is your opportunity. That is your chance to turn to the Lord and pray unceasingly like St. Paul says. To be humble like John the Baptist and say, I know that I have nothing to give other than what you give me, Lord, so here it all is back. Because what you lay on this altar is transformed into something new, something holy, something supernatural. This is where we encounter the Lord. This is where we encounter his love. This is where we cultivate joy in our lives. Rejoice always, I say again, rejoice, St. Paul tells us. That rang true 2,000 years ago, and it rings true again today. Christmas is literally right around the corner, but we're not there just yet. Let nothing hinder this joy. Let no indifference, no ingratitude, no lukewarmness, no spiritual sloth, let no pride, let no sin hinder this gratitude, this joy, this love that the Lord pours out to you today. Rejoice always in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Yes, this is a day to experience joy, even in suffering or challenge, if that's where you find yourself. Especially in those moments of great gratitude and success and achievement. This is the place where the Lord comes to meet heaven and earth. This is the place where the Lord comes to meet you and encounter you and pour out his love, his mercy, his grace to you. This is a place where the Lord inspires joy within you. So church, rejoice because the Lord indeed is very, very near. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly support of $10, $25, or more reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at www.ctklsu.org.